Hey, this is the one-man goldmine, the one-man enterprise of professional wrestling and all entertainment, Flynn Hendricks. And you better believe when I'm looking for a good podcast to listen to, I go to my own. I go to the I Know You Hear Me podcast hosted by me, Flynn Hendricks. That is such a fresh perspective for how you should look at life, too. Like, I just, I love that. And then when I'm feeling spooky, I go to my other podcast, Tales from the Haunt, where myself, yeah. I want my head shoved inside a 15-pound silicone mask more. You know, <laughs> I want to have a bucket of sweat coming off me at the end of the night. And just Jeff. Dogs don't like eggs, <laughs> I hate you so much. Talk to other scare actors about what it takes to get into the world of scare acting. So if you're curious about how people became professional wrestlers, actors, prioritized their mental health, became entrepreneurs, avoided burnout, or got into scare acting, you need to go check out I Know You Hear Me and Tales from the Haunt, available on all podcasting platforms. And I know you hear me. Nineteen eighty-four, Rick. We're going to go way back to nineteen eighty-four. Is when the Guardian of Chaos. Uh, I was probably at that point twenty or twenty-one years old, and I went to the legendary Quest facility in Orange, which okay. was being run by the former Mister USA Kenny Passarello, and the trainers and the students down there was Tough Tony Altamore from the legendary Sicilians who teamed with Captain Lou Albano, Lou Albano the Stamford Stomp. <laughs> We know that. So the trainer in there was Mario Mancini, my old friend, my current podcast partner. So I walked in there, professor, in great shape. Southern Connecticut State University was briefly on the wrestling team, uh, to be honest with you, just to get the warm-up outfit because it got all the chicks, Rick. So <laughs> I wrestled myself in high school. So I, I heard you were quite the athlete, yep. friend. <laughs> so. We went, a couple of us, you know, we were bodybuilding, we were powerlifting, right. I was bouncing in all the local clubs, the legendary Daniels in Montego Bay back in the day. I was in great shape. So I decided I wanted to be a pro wrestler, Rick, because as a kid, back to the 70s, I was a pro wrestling fan as a young boy. And some of my earliest, earliest memories are at the old New Haven Arena, seeing Bruno San Martino defend against Tor Kamada, circa wow. 1972. Uh, Stan the Man Stasiak was on there, Baron Mikel Cicluna, uh, yep. Jimmy and Johnny Valiant, the Valiant Brothers. So that's how far I go back. And my parents said to me, you know what, we're going to take him to a wrestling match and he'll see how fake it is. And he'll <laughs> never go and we'll never have to come put up with this bullshit ever again. Well, when they did that, I got more involved and more invested. And even back in the 70s, I started my own backyard wrestling group in the 70s. <laughs> that's how far back I go. Fast forward to the 80s, being in college, being in great shape. I went down to the Quest facility to be trained. Now, everybody had passed through that school from Dr. D. David Schultz to Tony Atlas, Tony Gurria, the Wild Samoans. There were a lot of famous people that came through there. All the WWF stars, whenever they came to Connecticut, which that's where the home headquarters is, and they came down our way, they all went to the Quest to train. I went in there, and I got to be honest, my first day I got in the ring. Mario beat me from pillar to post, Professor. Beal after beal. Body slam after body slam. Hindu squats forever. I could barely walk. I, after about two weeks of taking a pounding, I rem I'll never forget the first day I walked out, I could barely move. Now, mind you, I was in pretty great shape back then and did a lot of different things. It was the toughest thing I ever did. I walked out of the school after two weeks, still owing a balance on, on my tuition fee. 
and it was the hardest thing I ever did. And I got to admit, and I'll be honest with you, Rick, at that point in my life, I could not do it. I couldn't make it. I couldn't cut the mustard. I didn't have what it took. It was a lot tougher than I, than I thought it was going to be for a guy who was even in great shape as a young guy. But the training was a lot different in the 80s than it is nowadays. The training facilities, the dojos, you look at MTV Tough Enough and what they put out in the 21st century. You go back yep. to the 80s and any star will tell you how different and how tough the training was. But the bottom line is, Ricky, back then, I had injuries. I didn't tell anybody. It's well documented in my Hall of Fame speech. I had broken my lower back, both my ankles, my legs. I didn't tell anybody that. That happened when I was 16, 17 years old. At this point, I was 21 and recovered. So I didn't let on. I don't want to use that as an excuse. Right. I couldn't cut the mustard right. then. I didn't make it. That, that's how it started, uh, Professor. So when did, I, when did you um, get into the business as a manager? You came back a few years later, correct? Came back a few years later, 1988 and 89, where I traveled with one of my buddies, Lenny, who hooked us up with the Samoan SWAT team at the time. But I'm going to go even further back before I went to the wrestling school at Quest and Mario Mancini and Tony Altamori. I had originally met the Tonga kid when he was 18 years old, 17 or 18 years old. I was bouncing at Daniels, going to Southern Connecticut, and the Tonga kid and the Samoans came into the nightclub. And that's where I first originally got my hooks into the business and traveled all over with Tonga and the Samoans before I even went to the school. Plus, I was training at World Gym, Jerry Mastrangelo. Mike Katz, former Mr. USA, the legendary gym where I ran into Ivan Putski, Jesse the Body Ventura, Don Morocco, Mr. Fuji. So the stories go on and on of where I've been influenced as a young man from a teenager right. to where I met the stars. So that's originally how it all, I got the fever and trained and learned from everyone. Go to 88, 89. I traveled with the Samoan SWAT team with a good friend of mine. We were down in WCW. I was not in the business, still learning the business, still trying to think I could make it as a full-time grappler, but obviously it wasn't meant to be. I learned the business, ran into the Steiners, the Road Warriors, Luger, Sting, uh, the, the SST, Michael Hayes, and I have a legendary story we can get to that you might have heard before about the Road Warriors, the small and SWAT team, and the Guardian of Chaos. Uh, a pretty humbling story, my friend. Yeah, why don't you tell that story for the listeners? Well, uh, that's, that's, yeah. here, here's, here's the story. So we're traveling uh, WCW. Small and SWAT team are feuding with the Road Warriors at that time. It's 1989? This is, this is 89. Yep. I, yep. I believe that's the big feud with the SST. So now I'm traveling. Yep. With them, had the connection with Tonga. Connection through my friend. Connection through the school. Still haven't made it in the business. Still trying. Now I'm in my middle 20s already behind the walls if you know what i'm talking about okay yep, yep okay so we're driving down to the baltimore arena okay it's actually leaving the arena it's after the matches we got quite the buzz out of nowhere i'm driving fatu sitting behind me right across the side of the head while i'm driving professor literally thought it was going to knock me out the window Stunned, car all over the road. I was a pretty big guy. I was a tough son of a bitch back then. But listen, that was Rikishi Fatu, the Samoan team. They're legendary. I don't take any shit from anyone. I don't back down from anyone. I'm a man of respect. You know that. Yep. So he, you know, being under the chemical influences doesn't always help. I say that all the time. 
Uh, you know, I don't, I don't advocate any of that. That certainly didn't help. So he thought I was disrespecting him. I turned around, Professor, and I slapped him. And I don't think wow. shit from anyone. Pulled over to the side of the road. He said, pull the car over. We get out of the car. We're right in front of a car dealership. Big plate glass window. I thought he was going to throw me through it. We're going around the car. He said, you disrespected this, that. And I'm trying to explain to him. Now, we're inebriated, especially him. Trying to explain to him how would I, I never would disrespect you guys or anything like that. That's why I'm here. We're traveling as a family together, learning the yep. business. And, and it was all a misunderstanding. My buddy had to intervene, but Fatu almost got his hands on me, thought I was being disrespectful. We came, even under the inebriation, we came to our senses. He didn't kill me. We threw the plate glass <laughs> window. We went across the street to the restaurant. He ended up apologizing to me. I was literally brought to tears because I thought that he thought I disrespected him, which I'm a man of respect and that's the way I live my life. So fast forward to the next day, this is where the story gets better and I'm the most humbled and honored guy. And thank God Fatu didn't kill me and how much I learned on the road with those guys. They're getting ready to go out against the road warriors. Here comes Animal and Hawk backstage. Now I'm sitting there in the bleachers backstage. I'm next to the Samoans, my buddy. Here comes Animal and Hawk. Unbeknownst to me, I don't know what they talked about. I have no idea. And here's Hawk. Hey, Big Daddy. I heard you got in a little scrap last night. It's that Road Warrior Hawk voice. Now, me, I didn't get into a scrap. Fatu probably would have killed me. I'm proud I stood up to what was a misunderstanding. But to have the legendary Road Warriors come over and recognize me and say that to me. Now, it was a rib. They were probably laughing about it. Hey, you know what I'm saying? But yep. to get that kind of acknowledgement to be there, and you know, and Junior Fatu just looked at me and gave me the wink, and it was the most incredible feeling I ever had in my life to be recognized. And we went on the road after that, and you know, being in the restaurants and the bars with Ron Simmons and Butch Reed and the Road Warriors, and and hanging out and Michael Hayes and learning the business. That was my second attempt, and that story right there is something I'll never forget, uh, Professor. <laughs> 1989, the uh, NWA WCW had an incredible lineup. It was probably one of their best years, uh, probably the last great year, being especially with the uh, Flair Steamboat feud and stuff. So what happened there? Did you have a tryout with them? Well, I went there to learn the business. The Samoans had vouched for me. Okay, and this okay. is where I was going to transition into trying to be a manager because I wasn't sure if I was going to make it as a pro. Right. This is where... Could you imagine me as an independent guy who never signed a contract, who didn't make it as a full-time wrestler? I didn't know it at that time, but yet was legit enough behind the walls, if you know what I'm talking about, to be sitting there in a room with Luger and Sting and all those guys. It was just was overwhelming. It was just basically there for me to get to know the boys, to learn the business so I can introduce myself because I didn't make it as a grappler and was going to try the WCW way. And that's where I met Rick and Scott Steiner long before Scott Steiner ever got into the business and was big Papa pump. It was the most incredible things hanging out backstage. We were very similar trying to learn the business. And he was Scott Steiner, obviously collegiate grappler, all-star. I couldn't carry this jockstrap, but just to run in those circles and, and to be with those guys and to learn from those guys, that's why I think that I had a degree of success. And that was right. my second attempt to get into business. Now, remember, I've said this many times, Professor, and for your fans out there, I've retired and come back in this business more times than, than you know, whether it be Brett Favre, Brett Favre, Michael Jordan, or any professional wrestler or any sport. I, you know, I've retired and come back like five or six times, Professor. 
I've seen you quite a bit about my dreams. I never gave up. That's amazing. I've seen you quite a bit over the years, you know, in different promotions from Northeast Wrestling, CCW. And were you part of uh, Power and Glory Wrestling when Roma was running that too? Or no? I was not a part of Power and Glory. I went back into the business heavy after that late trip in the late 80s. Right. I started a family. I had, yep. two, I had two children by 1990, was married, had to stay with the bread and butter behind the walls for 25 right. years. That's what paid. So that also was the reality of the business, putting money on the table, supporting your family, not right. being able to make it, and yet never giving up on your dreams and keeping that steadiness of behind the walls, which has set me up for the rest of my life. Right. So early 91 i'm back at it again and this is where i get full blown into the manager part of it right and i start knocking on doors i actually went into face paint and got that from the road warriors and i was a professional wrestling manager wearing face paint like the road warriors back in the early 90s yep now i also was known for not a full-time grappler but i was a 330 pound man i could take a couple of bumps so that's what i ended up becoming famous for I took big bumps. I would always take the big bumps in the matches and was able to main event with all the stars because I was such a big guy. I molded my career after a combination between Captain Lou and Jesse Ventura. Now, I've consulted and learned with everybody from Gary Hart to Jim Cornette to Bill Alfonso to Captain Lou himself. I mean, I've to J.J. Dillon recently. I've tapped everybody I can for the wrestling business plus the training itself. So I was able to knock on every door. I sent videotapes to the WWE, NWA, Harley Race, Dusty Rhodes, every in the Smoky Mountain Wrestling, every territory you could think of. And I ended up working for a lot of them later on in the middle and late 90s, like ECW and AWA Superstars and the NWA. So that's where I really had a lot of success. And I can't even believe we're talking about it. It's the most I've ever talked about my career ever, you know, because it's, it, it's, for me, Professor, it's about, putting other people over that's what right. the burden of chaos does i don't like to always shill for myself or brand myself although in this business if you don't you'll never get any, anywhere so i almost feel humble telling my story because i'm here what i do best is putting other people over right okay and that's what i enjoy doing best is putting other people over that's what i'm good at i'm a good mouthpiece and i'll take the bumps so getting back and, and to tie this up and go through my career further it was the early 90s where the guardian of chaos big daddy really took hold on the managerial scene and i was able to travel travel all over which led me into the later into the 90s where i traveled on everybody else's dime and got paid more than a lot of the workers were the actual full-time wrestlers right so i mean i perfected a couple of bumps i perfected about five bumps that i could take and it flew off from there. And I probably had the most success out of any independent professional wrestling manager, maybe in the history of the business. And that's just, that's my opinion and what I've been told right. by other big companies. That's amazing. Um, I know you've worked with uh, quite a bit. Um, when did you work for the NWA during the later nineties era when it was I coming worked, with like Tony with, Rumble and. Correct. I worked yep. for everyone from Howard Brody I remember him. He was the president of the NWA to Tony Rumble. I worked for NWA New, New Jersey, NWA New York, NWA New England, NWA, I can't even remember all, NWA Mid-South, mm -hmm. uh, 
and whatever different NWA groups yeah. there were, that's when Brody had broken up the original. I never worked for the well, Brody's, the original uh, NWA. Yeah. The NWA that we knew it in growing the 80s, up. When yeah. I went and saw WCW and NWA when I was trying yep. to learn business. I didn't yep. work for the Crockett's, is what I'm right. trying to say. But I yeah. worked for the NWA territories and also the AWA with a with a fake Ganya relative, but it was it was a great time out in the AWA. Justin yeah. Roberts. That's where I met Justin Roberts. I remember the AWA. They re- they used to have a, an affiliate somewhere here in Connecticut, and I went to one of their shows probably 20 years ago. But, yeah, I well, forgot. Professor, it was... You've been around. That's why I agreed to do your show. I, listen, I do a lot of podcasts. <laughs> I do yep. a lot of radio shows. I have my own show with, with a very famous guy. I'm on national radio. Uh, you know, I'm trying to get bigger and brands, but I'm on here for one reason, because I get many requests, Professor. I'm on here because of who you are, not only as a person, because you're a good person, you're a salt of the earth, Thank but, you. but because of, Thank you. well, it's the truth, Rick. I don't blow smoke up people's ass. I tell it like it is. That's right. You're a historian. You do your research. You've been around the business. You have respect. You're well-respected. That so you're a guy who's humble and laid back, but has a lot of knowledge. I don't go on just any podcast or any show or any YouTube uh, platform, but I came on here because of your reputation and who you are in the business that a lot of people don't know about. Uh, I appreciate that because actually, when I started putting this thing together, you're one of the first people I thought of about coming up here too. So I and uh, you know I can talk forever. Tell me about a little bit about working for Northeast Wrestling and Mike Lombardi. You worked yeah. there for a long time. I worked for, for Northeast Wrestling for damn near 10 years. For as long as Mario Mancini was in the WWF, I yep. was with Northeast Wrestling. Because you know the, there's a little history there. We always laugh yeah. about it. Northeast Paradise Alley. It's all bullshit. <laughs> I worked for Northeast for about 10 years. And let me yep. tell you... From the rip, from the very first day I walked in. Now, this isn't politically correct, and I'll start a lot of heat here. And I Quite all right. I really don't give a fuck, to be quite honest with you, because I tell it like it is. I was treated well by Northeast. I was traveled all over the Northeast area on their dime. They paid for my hotels, my food, and I can't tell you my fee because I got paid more than most of the guys on the roster, unless it was a Samoa Joe or AJ Styles right. or Kurt yep. Angle or the Dudley boys. Mm-hmm. I was able to be put in every main event. Uh, it led on to bigger and better organizations. And the one thing I could say about Northeast is they, they took a chance on me. They let me come in and be one of the featured managers. Cause back then it was Kenny Casanova, pretty talented guy. Different I remember uh, Paul Adams, uh, who just recently passed away, was a, was a good manager. There I heard more, about that. I remember him. Yep. Two good yep. guys. Uh, yep. But they're more along the lines of a Jimmy Hart, Grand Wizard. There's nobody like the Guardian of Chaos. There just wasn't. Uh, you know, you talk about Joel Gertner's and Bill Alfonso's and people mm-hmm. like that. I was in barbed wire matches, thumbtacks, fire, not afraid to be to, to take the bumps so Northeast led me into a lot of other groups because of their work and having a platform. Yep. Treated me great, gave me a chance, paid me well from the rip. I didn't even have to have a tryout. I had a couple of people vouch for me that had good reputations. The Jackmaster, John Diamond. Yep. Tough Tony DeVito. Roughhouse Ralph Mosca. The Giant Primo Carnera. 
But these people vouched for me. I went in there and my very first bout, we were on the same show with George the Animal Steel. So it doesn't get any better than that. And I was with uh, Don DeVito and Rough House Ralph Mosca. And from there, it just flew on to where I was able to work with Kamala, Dusty Rhodes, Sergeant Slaughter, King Kong Bundy, Yokozuna, Rikishi, Umaga, uh, Just Incredible, Christian Cage, uh, uh, the Monster Abyss. I mean, I... I can't even name the people that I've been able to work with, which led me on to a lot of other legendary groups like the AWA, like I said, the NWA, World Wrestling Association, and then a lot of local groups here where we had a lot of fun that you know a lot yeah. of local groups too. So yeah. it, it was a lot of fun. I'm humbled. And, and again, my experience with Northeast to wrap up that question is nothing but positive. Now, what has happened after I got out of the business that's all politics and bullshit that I don't really care to. We don't have to talk about, about but I was that. Yeah. Well, by I was treated well by, by Northeast and I'm, I'm forever in their debt. And I really had a chance to work with some unbelievable people, even local guys that were stars and still are stars that I consider brothers. You talk about guys like Kurt Adonis. Yep. Talk about guys like Ron zombie. Mm-hmm. I mean, talk a guy about guys like bull dread. I mean, these are guys that are lifelong brothers of mine that I also had a chance to work with in Northeast Wrestling. So, you know, Kurt then inducted me into the Hall of Fame. So, I mean, it doesn't get better than that. I've had some lifelong friendships from there. You're part of the, you've mentioned the Hall of Fame a couple of times. You were inducted in 2019, correct? Just last year. Thank God, because with this pandemic yeah. and, and all this stuff, different stuff, who knows? It, it was the biggest honor of my life. I was inducted into the class of 2019 New England Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. Joe Bruins. New England Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, which I never thought about, which I knew about, but I never thought about. I never politicked. I never asked. It was right. approached to me, and I was told that when my name was brought up, I was a no-brainer. So to be in the Hall of Fame as a professional wrestling manager, and if you look at the, the people in that Hall of Fame, everybody from Harley Race to Roma to Mancini to, to Greg the Hammer Valentine, that there's so many unbelievable legends in the New England Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. That's the biggest, one of the biggest achievements, if not to be in, for my career to be inducted. It's solidified. I've been out of the, my career since 2007. And so it, I can't describe it. That night was right. unbelievable, that whole weekend. And, you know, you're immortalized forever, Professor. And that's what we're looking to do. And it's your legacy now. No one can ever take that away from you. I've said this a million times. Tracy Smothers, Harley Race, Tim Storm, Bushwhacker Luke, Bobby Fool. The Pro, Pro Wrestling, Wrestling Bolt, Volume one. 1, Bill Dundee, Super Mix Hernandez, C.W. Anderson, Ricky Morton, Sir Moe, and many others share their stories of determination, triumph, and, and sorrow. sorrow. Get your book today at Russellville.com or at Amazon.com. Russellville, Wrestling like scary movies? What about science fiction and cult films? Then please visit Shocking Things. You can search for us on your favorite podcatcher. You can also go to anchor.fm slash shocking things for the main hub for the links to episodes and our social media. Now try and enjoy the daylight. Shocking Things. 
Hey everybody, this is your host, Vinyl Man Jeb of Unlikely Places Pop and Rock Radio, here with an announcement today. RoboJack Records and TLR Records are presenting a show called the RoboJack Autumn Review. Mark your calendars for Thursday, November 17th. Showtime is 8 p.m. Doors open at 7. For Jeb and special guest Megan Pennington and Tim Logden, $10 cover charge supports all the local scene here at the Jameson Pub, 675 Main Street, Watertown, Connecticut, 06795. For you GPS users, that's the zip code. Come on down, you won't want to regret it. Great music, great fall atmosphere, and hey, it's a Thursday night. I know, I know but you can make it happen. See you all there. I, I want to talk about current stuff, and I want to keep the fans Absolutely. It, it sure. Is, we went into the late 90s and the early 2000s. I got out in 2007. I worked with over 40 or 50 Hall of Famers. I've worked with every big star you could think of. It's a who's who in professional wrestling. Uh, whether it was the three stars and beyond the mat, uh, Mick Foley, Terry Funk, Jake the Snake Roberts. I've worked with them all. The whole Samoan dynasty. So the list goes on and on from legends like Killer Kowalski. And, and I can't even go on with all the list. We'll be here for an hour. But I'm humbled and, and I appreciate you asking about my career. I had a long, illustrious career. Uh, I was the most well-known, unknown, definitely the most notorious professional wrestling manager in this industry. Uh, I, years and years... It was a great career. I don't regret any of it. I have no qualms. I'm not bitter. I'm old school. And I retired in 07. I was getting ready to go on a Heroes of Wrestling tour. I walked away on my own terms. Uh, I'm grateful for anyone who ever let me work with them, trusted me with their body, and I trusted them with my body. I worked with so many people that I can't thank. It's unbelievable. And, and if you see my Hall of Fame speech and you go out to New England Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame or All Access Entertainment or my Twitter in general, you'll see all the stuff that I've done. And I can't thank you enough for asking me about that. And now 2015, I got back into the business and I'm helping out with Paradise Alley doing all their vignette, vignettes and, and their color commentary and broadcasting. And we even brought back after the Piper's Pit, the legendary Chaos Corner. I was so there for the last one. Out, uh, yeah. Professor. Yeah, I was there for the last one with uh, Mr. Bob Backlund. That one, that was quite give, the event. Give, now, now listen, give give me your your thoughts. Uh, you know, because I you know I value your opinion. Uh, give me your thoughts on the whole Bob Backlund. First off, I worked with Backlund back in the '90s, so it was great to have him there and to be in the ring uh, after being out for so long. To have a legend agree to come on with me, that just goes to my credibility. And, and, and what people think of me, and I'm humbled by that. But what did you think of that? And then to have collusion come out, uh, give me your thoughts. On, uh, you were there live on Friday the 13th, which was the Ray Hercules Hernandez Memorial Tournament for Paradise Alley. I thought it ended up being a really good show. The uh, The segment was fun. That's that definitely a way to put it. Um, I had a chance to talk to Bob a little bit. Now, I originally, the <laughs> first time I ever met him was in like 1992. I wrestled for Amity High School, and he um, he was the coach of Rocky Hill High School uh, wrestling team, and that was the first time I ever met him. And so I reintroduced myself, and it's kind of Auspice Rocketer now at this age. <laughs> so listen, was, was he nuts yeah. that night? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, as nice as he was, you know, <laughs> he was just. I was like, okay, and. It was like one of those things where I had to try to find an excuse to walk away, kind of thing. Because then once he started, <laughs> once legend. he started talking, yes, yes. I mean, I, I really listen. It was great to have him at Paradise. Absolutely, Island. absolutely. But yeah, Bob, Bob, uh, 
lots of great guys, but I, I, th- I think a lot of it's, a, I think a lot of it's a, a work. And yeah, if we have time, I wouldn't even mind running over that, uh, that Hercules Hernandez Memorial Tournament. But what I would like to talk about, because I want your opinion on this. And I know sure. you're interviewing me, but I always end up interviewing you. Yeah, no, I'm quite all right with that. <laughs> your thoughts, because I want to bring this up, because it's very important to me. Your thoughts on Dino Costa and my platform, because we just talked about it, Chaos Corner. Yep. Uh, I'm on every Thursday night on the Worldwide Dino Costa Show. You can go out to thedinoshow.com. Uh, it's an, he's on Monday through Thursday. Uh, a former Sirius XM host, very famous, very infamous, very controversial. Your thoughts on Chaos Corner and then on the Dino Costa show, because I really want your opinion on this. Honestly, I'm going to tell you, it's the segment of the show that I enjoy the most. I actually tune in uh, every week. If I don't catch it live, I usually listen to it the next day. Um, I, You know, I've sent in questions to, before to ask you questions. Uh, and... It's fun to listen to, especially knowing your knowledge and your history in the business uh, and to talk about current product and where the business lies today, uh, especially, you know, it's going a little crazy right now, especially with this pandemic hitting and such. Uh, wrestling was on um, 2019 and early 2020 was such a great year for professional wrestling. And, it really was. You know, and then the pandemic hit and then it just it turned everything upside down. It doesn't. Like I said before, I didn't want to talk about anything, so we're not going to bring it up. But it's getting seems to be. <laughs> well, you know what? It's, it's what what it is, Professor. Is it's it's something that that obviously it's your show. Uh, it's something yeah. that, that we could touch on. I mean, it's the big elephant in the yeah. room. And I find right. that all the different shows that I go on and the different podcasts, we don't focus on negativity, even on Mario and Chaos. But yeah, you have to address the current issue, move on, move forward. Hey, listen. Again, we had talked prior to your show that we weren't going to talk about this right. stuff but but professor it is current whether it's the crazy stuff from from jimmy havoc and aew or That's, allegations yeah. of, of jim Cornette and this and that we don't have to talk about it but then, then throw in the pandemic and what's going on i mean it's a subject that's a hot topic and we could talk about yeah. the pandemic i mean how much it's, it's changed just... the landscape of the business it's just pure insanity, especially the last 48 hours, all the crap that's been happening. And then you hear things about certain guys. Some of them, you don't know what to believe. Some of them looks like it might be from a bitter ex. Some of it could very well be true. Um, well, you know, you uh, I'm not going to be an asshole and say, oh, you know, I'm not going to be an asshole and say I'm siding with the victim side or siding with the, you know, the accused I'm going to say this to you, okay? Because I've been in the business a long time. So yeah. Hold, hold on one second. Let me, let me, let me, because I have to put this on to, to address. Sure. This, okay. <laughs> Getting in character. <laughs> well, I'm going to say this because it's a touchy subject, okay? And it's something that you know I'm going to talk about. I've been in the business a long time. And you can even, uh, I joke about it in my Hall of Fame speech with my, with my wife, with uh, two former WWE stars, the heartthrobs, Romeo Rosselli and, and yep. uh, Antonio, Antonio Thomas. Thomas. Yep. Uh, two stars, two guys that are unbelievable. And, and as a joke, in my Hall of Fame speech, uh, they were sitting, you know, two handsome guys sitting next to my wife. And I made a joke out of it. And I think about it now. And I thought about it over the last 48 hours. And that's why I'm bringing it up here. I had said jestfully to Romeo and Antonio to heartthrobs. I mean, it doesn't get six died for these guys in the WWE. So as a joke, you know, we're all there as a work. Four horsemen are there. Roma, Mancini. 
So I'm giving my speech and I say, hey, Rosalie, uh, be careful next to my wife. You know, my wife starts turning red. She's blushing. And Romeo moves over one spot. I said, hey, hey. I said, come on now. And then Antonio, I said, look, and I got Antonio Thomas on the other side. The, the heart throbs. I said to my wife, I said, you don't know how lucky you are. And then Thomas gets over in the middle of a speech. And now Romeo and Antonio are on the sides of my wife. So I'm joking. I say, honey, she's, she's embarrassed. And everyone's laughing and smiling. The whole room. Okay. Because it was a little lighter since back then. And I said, honey, I said, yeah. get down on your knees and be lucky and be thankful. I said, this is what women in, a, in this business and industry dream for. This is what the the rats used to dream for, the heart drops. And I made right. that right. comment and the whole room busted because we all knew what we were talking about. Because it's just like, and this is a matter of a fact, this is a statement. Now, listen. And I apologize to you, Professor, but I'm going to bring it up. Go ahead. I'm not all forced, obviously. Listen, right. I have daughters. I yep. have a wife. Not into the whole sexual harassment thing. I'm not about that. Be a man. Be who you are. Respect people. Doesn't matter your color, your culture, your creed, your gender, your race. I say it all the fucking time on every show that I'm on. Okay? But we all also have to learn to lighten up and people have to step up for themselves and don't be victimized. And, and, and right. when I say that, I don't mean that towards the victims, but the business is just like the rock and roll industry and just like the entertainment industry and professional wrestling is just like that. They're called groupies. And for, yep. I'm not talking about people taking it. And I'm not talking about people assaulting people. And I'm not talking about people going against consensual. It's not what I'm talking about because that it's a, a raw bone with me. I'm talking right. about what most of these people. It's, it's, it's a consensual thing. I'm not saying I condone it or agree with it. It's, comes with the rock and roll business. It comes with professional wrestling. Yes, it's a derogatory term saying rats and groupies and stuff like that. Right. But is this what we've come to? These are people and women and men, whoever did this, who chose to do it for the most part, as far as I understand or what I ever witnessed on their own doing. So to see all this come out, it's it strikes a chord in the professional wrestling business. It's well yeah. documented and it's well known about things like that that happen. And I don't begrudge anybody for outing people or, or coming out and telling your story. You right. should. You should. Yes. Yes. But that's a part of this business and not the assaults, not the harassment. That's not what I'm talking about. But as right. far as all the other stuff, and that's to my joke. And I really had to go back and think about what I said in my Hall of Fame speech, even with my wife there, about groupies and about rats and what's happened over the last 48 hours. Society has changed. Things have changed. We've seen that through the protests and the riots and the pandemic, and they want to take away history and wipe out history, right, wrong, or indifferent. Agree, don't agree. That's not my place to say. I have my own opinion, and, and it is what it is. And that's uh, what you're allowed. Yeah, I you're allowed your own. Yeah, correct. Go ahead. Correct. Go ahead. I'm proud to be who I say this in general to people, and I taught this to yep. my family. Identify and be welcoming to everyone. Do not right. judge anybody by where they come from, what they look like, what they did, who they are, what they're about, what they represent. You treat people the way you want to be treated, how they are to your face. Okay? It's just that simple. And I say it all the time, and I'm going to say it again. It's about respect. And in order to get respect, you have to start with respecting yourself. Once you do that, you open up other people's minds to respecting you. Be proud to be who you are. Identify right. with everybody else. Don't try to be something that you're not. And be proud to be who you are. 
And that's my message about all this stuff. And we can get back onto some lighthearted stuff. <laughs> and I'm just saying that the whole business in the like 48 hours. Yeah. Professor. Well, like I said, you know, you didn't there's want times. To address it. You're right. We talked about that before we, we started recording. And like I said, some of it I believe, some of it I don't. And I'm not, like I said, I'm not trying to be a dick and uh, trying to be like a tough guy. I mean, you got to. What's, you know, I, I'm. It's really hard to, to talk about. You know, it's just some of these guys I definitely do believe. Some of them I think uh, could just be people looking for a, a buck or stock. Like, uh, I believe the one, I don't know how true this is, and this is just my opinion that, well, like, say the guy like, like, yeah, like the guy, uh, Matt Riddle, it looks like uh, he had problems with this woman before. And it, you know, even though that there was supposed text messages that came out, it just, it something's not adding up in my head. But then there's like other guys that it's just blatantly obvious that's what happened. You know what I mean? Like, so, but I don't like the whole, and, and you made a very valid point before the, before the show. Uh, yeah. I don't like the whole he said, she said stuff. And it's yeah. too easy on social media and all these platforms to get into toxicity and negativity. But with that being said, especially coming from where you are, you're a guy yeah. right now who has a show. You're a historian. Yeah. You're a researcher. You're a professor. You do your research. So I would be remiss if I didn't say to you that you almost, in your position as a journalist, almost have to cover this stuff. Yeah. Well, like I said, I, I try to focus on positivity, not negativity. Didn't necessarily want to bring it up, but it's okay. We're sitting here talking about it. It's just that I have a family. I don't want this shit to happen to my family. You know what I mean? Oh, it's, it's, listen, I'd be very. Point. And I think that one of the things that it's is uh, really gets me is that it's these simple words that can ruin a guy's entire career, whether true or not. You know what I mean? Because uh, I, I agree. And they're just taking sides, whether it's true or not, and just guys are getting released whether without any concrete proof, and if the, if it actually happened. So, and like I said, for people that are listening, it's not necessarily tr that well, I the believe ratings it are going don't through the roof it. right now, Professor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, the Guardian of Chaos is on. The ratings yeah. are going through the roof. You get one more. There you go. It's going to be my most listened episode. But yeah, it's like I said, I don't want to necessarily think that these guys are all bad and that they're all or some of them didn't do it and then some of them do but i just have my opinions about certain guys especially guys that i've encountered you know what i mean but we don't know what some of these guys are like behind closed doors though as well so that's those another are, thing those are, those are valid points and again you know uh, as a guy who's in the position of you are as being a reporter right now in this industry I, I i believe it's something that you had to cover you did a great job on that now i want to ask you this yeah. question we, we go back and forth i'm on your show but again i i like that i want to get your feedback because you're a guy that's out here on social media Be because i briefly caught the first show because i was also doing another show yep but our head trainer at paradise alley pretty wonderful Four Horsemen, Power and Glory, Young Stallions, Pretty Paul Roma, the head trainer at Paradise Alley, has yep. started his own show. I saw uh, it's going to be on Twitch, and I'm kind of getting excited to to watch that. Or so. Well, that only I that, Professor. Uh, he's going to be on Twitch, and he's also on Facebook Live. Okay. The first show was this past Wednesday. It's okay. called Maintaining the Truth, and it's on seven to eight o'clock every Wednesday with Avi Klein, who I guess is a pretty big guy in social media. So you got to okay. listen. If Roma says it, I can't say it enough to your fans and your audience out there. If Roma says it, 
put it in the books. Maintaining the truth with Paul Roma every Wednesday night, seven o'clock on Twitch and on Facebook Live. Yeah, you're gonna have to listen. I'm gonna have to watch that and check it out. I go uh, go back on Facebook and watch that uh, probably later on today. Got a lot of a lot of stuff coming up. So tell me more about the Mario and Chaos show. How long have you guys been doing that? Well, that's uh, I'm glad you brought that up. I greatly appreciate that for giving us the, the press and the coverage. Mario and Chaos, we are coming up on episode 66, which I believe we'll be taping next week because our producer, who worked for Vince McMahon uh, in the late 80s, early 90s, Mr. Paul Perez, who was supposed to be going into the New England Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame this year, but obviously it's been canceled because of the pandemic, but he'll, we'll get him in there. Paul Perez is our producer. He's on hiatus down in Myrtle Beach right now. A oh, nice. Break, yes. Episode 66, season two. So we've we've done a lot, Professor. We're uh, we're coming up on the completion of our second year. We'll be starting season three. It originally started off as a weekly podcast, and we pretty much stuck to it. And we had a phenomenal young broadcaster on at one time, and that would be Matt the Kid Degman. Yep. It's open table sports and a guy who has gone on to do great things with Boston Wrestling and the MWF and Dan Marotta up there and Tony Atlas and and he's done a lot of things with Connecticut School of Broadcasting and, and the, the Chargers and the Milwaukee Brewers and, and the Boost Oxygen. And let me tell you something about the kid. He was on season one, probably the first 40 episodes with us. And I hope he ends up listening to this show because we, we will only talk once in a while now because he's so busy. He was an excellent addition. He gave us that 18 to 30 demographic of new school right. broadcasting journalism and the business. So we started off. With Mario Chaos and the Kid, season one. And then we transitioned as the kid went on to bigger and better things. And now we're on season two, coming up on 66. And we've had some unbelievable guests besides the local stars at Paradise Alley. We've had Big Steve Tracy on, the Bondsman. Uh, we've had Paul Roma on. We've had MLW superstar Richard Holiday Richard on. Holiday, yeah. We've had the, the, the young stars like The Haven and, and Zachariah Gibbs and even referees, we just had L. Ref on, we've had Bill Thompson on, and we just recently had on my good friend, who was a legend in this business, surprisingly didn't make it to the WWE, and that was the Jackmaster, John Diamond. We just had him on 65, that was an unbelievable listen, and it's also on YouTube. But probably our biggest episode to date, Professor, was episode 63, when we had the president of the Yes Network, former WWE executive who worked for Bob Costas, Dick Ebersol, NBC Sports, created Center Stage, Yankeeography, and is right now the president of the Yankees Entertainment Sports Network, and that would be Mr. John Filipelli. He gave us almost two hours, and if you're a baseball fan and want to know the inner workings of baseball and the WWE front office, John Filipelli, the legend, in episode 63 was, was an unbelievable listen. And now that we're on YouTube, I mean, I got to admit, Professor, I scared a rat's off cheesecake. I mean, I make onions cry. I mean, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's not easy to, and what, what me and Stevie, I mean, he literally looks like a friggin' bulldog. His face, his chin <laughs> takes up the whole friggin' screen. So, I mean, what I'm going to say about our podcast, uh, our show, because I like to consider it a show and a podcast all into yep. one. We are different than anybody else. Hey, listen, there's a lot of great shows out there. You're competing with guys like Bruce Pritchard and Eric Bischoff and Taz and Tony Schiavone and, and, and Conrad Thompson and Tommy Dreamer. And 
I could go on and on and on about the different podcasters out there. There's a lot of great shows. But what is different with us is that we had guys and have guys that have credentials from Vince McMahon and the World Wrestling Federation and then throw mm-hmm. in my credentials of being 30 years in the independent scene and all the different hats that I've worn and then throw in our explicit content and our road stories because we don't really talk about the current state of professional wrestling unless it's right. independence. We are a different podcast and a show than anybody else out there. We're not better than anyone. We're different. And if you listen to us, it's a combination of not being that serious, but a lot of chicanery, a lot of road stories, a lot of brotherhood, and a lot of current information on Paradise Alley Pro Wrestling. I mean, that's that's, that's what I get from our show, and hopefully it continues, uh, Professor. I hope so. Uh, I I enjoy listening. Um, I have to get caught up. I think I'm a couple episodes behind, but I do listen, and eventually I do (laughs) get caught up. Uh, Ever since this, well, listen, you're a busy guy. Well, ever since this pandemic started, to be honest with you, I'm way behind on a lot of stuff because I'm working from home now. There's also the little guy here, you know, so <laughs> I'm not necessarily uh, able to listen to everything. I haven't even caught up on this week's AEW yet. So that's another thing I haven't. Um, I don't know if you saw that or not. Did you, did you watch that AEW uh, this week? Professor, professor. Hold on here. Because I am a man of a thousand masks. I am the real mascotus of podcasters, professional wrestling. <laughs> Here at Chaos Quarters, we have all kinds of things going on, Professor. Very, very busy guy. <laughs> very, very busy guy. Wow. <laughs> so what were we talking about, Professor? Uh, I asked you if you watched this week's AEW. I haven't. Yes. I haven't had a chance to uh, tune in yet. That or NXT yet. So, I am a big listen. I'm a big fan of the product, not only because I'm in the business, but because of being on Dino Costa and being on different platforms. Yep. I have to stay current for my homework in the business. You know, the, I'm the biggest fan and one of the guys that I follow who's very knowledgeable. People don't agree with him. With JD from Off the Script, uh, JD from New York, he's an unbelievable yep. podcast, and he's one of the guys that I get a lot of my stuff from. What's yep. outside here, uh, Professor? It's a hundred <laughs> degrees down here in chaos. Right? I know it's it's crazy outside today, man. I, I love it though. I love it. Uh, let's get let's get back here. Where were we? Let's get back to the realm here on the on the Professor's show. I watch AEW every week. Yep. I find as an old school guy, okay. I find that AEW has brought me back to where I want to be in the business in the 80s and in the 90s. Right. With using guys like Tully and Arn and Jake the Snake Roberts and bringing back Taz and the storyline. I say it every week on Chaos Corner and I say it every week on Mario and Chaos. The emotional investment, the storytelling, wanting to bring you back, leaving you wanting more. That's what AEW is doing. You look at the difference between the two products during the pandemic and even before so. AEW is keeping it fresh. The locker room, its morale is high. The talent isn't even close to the WWE talent, but it's the storyline. It's the chances. It's the emotional investment and and the storylines that they tell from week to week that makes you want to come back, and they're using their talent the right way. Now, do I agree with not always following the rules with the referees and the jumps and everybody's constantly waiting there for someone to jump on them, and it's so obvious. Yeah, I don't agree with a lot of that, Professor, but I will say AEW is a fresh product. And that's what it's what I enjoy 
along with NWA Power and MLW as an alternative to the WWE. I mean, I really do. Yeah. Yeah, Impact, I got to tell you, I was discussing, I do a Tuesday night Impact review show every week now. Uh, Started a couple weeks back. Me and my buddy Danny out of Waterbury uh, have been doing it. And I said this past week that Impact, especially with all these layoffs coming from WWE, they're bringing some guys in. And by Slammiversary, which is July 19th, I think Impact is going to be the sleeper. It's going to be coming up there like it's gonna like sneak up on you and be the better product and i think right now they've got an amazing roster and it's totally underrated unless you want to watch rob van dam making out with his girlfriend on tv but you know anything else to be said for that yeah i I mean that's what this is what i'm gonna say about impact and i'll say the same thing about nwa and i'll say the same thing about mlw three we'll throw in a ring of honor yep excellent organizations with incredible talent Stuff that I like that's not so much of the mainstream, but it's right. They don't have enough exposure. You're on Access TV. Most of the country doesn't get it. MLW right. is on BN Sports. Most of the country doesn't get it. NWA is only on YouTube. So how much can you ring of honor? I don't even know where they are right now, especially during they're not, the pandemic. Right. Where we um they 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 rerun their shows Monday nights on Fight the the uh the app. You know, yeah. So I mean, but I also read uh, yesterday that they're not coming back for the month of July yet. So they're not, and they're not renewing any contracts either currently. So we're gonna have to see where their state is uh, in the coming weeks. I've always been a big proponent of of competition and and having much needed viable alternative in the industry. It makes McMahon better. It makes the WWE better, right. and yeah. Now the WWE, listen, has the talent, has the roster. AEW yeah. is the product that I've latched onto it, and I think it's the future. And I, I thoroughly enjoy it, even during the pandemic. I find myself watching it. If they've been the better product during this pandemic because they seem, they seem to this, they seem to nail it right away and found their niche and how to handle the empty arena and the pandemic situation as far as continuing to put on TV shows. Uh, it's been the most consistently good TV show during this entire time. Without a so, doubt. Now, I will admit yeah. over the last few weeks that Raw and SmackDown has stepped up their game. But right. listen, the pandemic has hurt this whole industry. We know that. But if you yeah. look at the different products, and this is what makes it a cut above. Beforehand, they were going back and forth, AEW and WWE. AEW had a long way to go. An yep. insignificant cog in the wheel of professional wrestling to topple the mighty giant. Longevity has a lot to do with it also. They have a long way to go. But products like NWA, MLW, Impact, Ring of Honor, if they had more of a platform, they have such talent. They would be, The wrestling industry right now, before this hit, I've been saying it over the last year or two, there was no better time to be in the professional wrestling business as a talent, as an owner, as a fan, then 2018, 2019, leading into right. 2020, all the competition, all the different exposure, all the different groups, it was exploding. It was perhaps the best time in professional wrestling that we've seen since the territory days. Right. And then right. all this yep. hit, and look what's happened. And, and again, I can't be more of a proponent when we get out of this and even beforehand of watching something like NWA Power. I am such a fan of NWA, and I'm going to throw this out there right now too, fans. I'm throwing my hat in the ring for Carney Land. If anybody hasn't heard, I, I, I've already t- 
texted and emailed Billy Billy Corrigan from the Smashing Pumpkins. Joe Galley News, okay? Uh, unfortunately, Dave Lagana, although I like him because he's gotten back to me, but he's involved in that controversy we're talking about. Yep. I am throwing my hat in the ring for the enforcer security of Carney Lane. I have advocated for Adam Rotella as the president. I am not voting for Tim Storm. Uh, listen, all due respect to Mama Storm, okay? What? I'm all voting Tim Storm. I don't know. Storm. <laughs> I voted for Adam Rotella for mayor of Carney Lane. No disrespect, but I am throwing my hat in the ring. Fans, go out to my Twitter. Start hitting the NWA up. The Guardian of Chaos has to be a Carnyland. <laughs> so that's what I'm going to say about that. And also, besides loving that product on YouTube, I really like studio yeah. wrestling. It brings me back to WCW and TBS. I also am a big fan of MLW. I just wish yeah. I could see it more. And what they're doing with MLW Fusion and all the stars, whether it's Low Key, the Von Erics, Jacob Fatu, the dynasty of Hammerstone and, and Richard Holiday. And speaking of that, have you gone out and got any dynastic coffee yet? <laughs> no, I actually just bought a coffee mug on uh, ProWrestlingTees.com. Well, the listen, dynasty coffee got his own coffee line now, uh, Professor. Now I'm going to have to. Where can I get that? Where would you get MLW. it? MLW. They got it on their site. I'm yes. doing that right after I get you could right go after a holiday at most marketable on Twitter. And it's now dynastic coffee. He's really pushing it, man. You know how he is with coffee. I'm well, me too. Actually, I'm addicted to coffee. I drink it all day. So well, I'm going to have to look this up the first. But I'm saying it right here. Holiday, if you're listening and I know that you are holiday. OK, and if you're not, I'm going to make sure that I text or tweet this part to you so that you are listening, Holiday. At <laughs> nauseum, I will make sure that you hear this clip. I am here with the professor, Rick Del Santo, and the guardian of chaos, Big Daddy, because I tell it like it is. And I am pushing not only MLW and Richard Holiday, go out and get dynastic coffee. It's You, you want to talk about Dunkin' Donuts? You want to talk about Starbucks? Starbucks, well, man. The EarPod yeah. God. Now has dynastic coffee. Go out and get it. The professor's going to go out and get it. He's a coffee Absolutely. drinker. And listen, who knows? Uh, maybe we can even get a little barista in here to make us some coffee. <laughs> so, Holiday, don't forget me when you make it to the WWE or AEW. Will you please? The professor, the guardian of chaos, dynastic coffee. <laughs> so what else? Um, MLW, like you said, they're they're definitely one of the better products out there too today. Inconsistent, have an amazing, amazing roster. Um, now, one of the things I just read yesterday, twenty about twenty four hours ago, is that Evolve got uh, absorbed by WWE. Have you heard this yet? Well, I know you I'm, worked I'm with them surprised. through Paradise Alley. Yeah, Professor, I'm not surprised that Evolve got scooped up. Number one, Gabe Sapolsky was the booker yep. for Ring of Honor, and he's very well yep. connected. To he the did WWE. some work with uh, ECW as well back in the day. Correct, correct. Yep. And and Gabe was the big proponent of Evolve. And we also, and fans, you can go out and see it on YouTube. It was an insane night. Go out to Evolve 95. It was the Evolve Paradise Alley Super Show right there in East Haven, Connecticut. Not too far from here. Stone's throw away. Evolve 95, where everyone from Keith Lee to AOP, wait, the, the tag team, the two big guys, AOP, correct? Yes, and WWE. Yep. In WWE. Yep. Uh, Darby Allen. All those guys were there for Paradise Alley on Evolve 95. And yep. we were supposed to do another super show with them, but I'm not surprised because if you remember, just last year, when they were fighting the AEW effect in WWE, they brought Evolve onto the channel and they had a I remember. Who would Evolve. 
So yep. I'm not surprised by by any of that. Evolve's a great group, but they were. It's kind of like a training territory. It's kind of like Ohio Valley OVW, right? Where yep. Al Snow is. Yep. And we had a great show that night. What an unbelievable show! That's where Darby Allen climbed up to the top of the basketball board and jumped out onto all the grapplers at Evolve. Darby Allen, Paradise Alley. You, I want I want you to look at this garage, Rick. Yep. Professor Rick, if you will. I have several names for you. Let's just look at the talent that Paradise Alley Pro Wrestling yes. has used. Not only did all the stars from Evolve, who are now in AEW and NXT, like Keith Lee, Darby yep. Allen, the list goes on and on. I've already said it. Also, Diona Perrazzo worked for Paradise Alley and was our women's champion, who is now an impact and was an NXT. We've also used AR Fox, who's one of the biggest stars out there in the professional wrestling independency and has his own organization and probably should be in AEW or the WWE. We've also brought in Hall of Famers and legends like Booker T. We've also used guys like Matt Stryker, Bull Dempsey, Bull James, if you will, JT Dunn, Anthony Green. I mean, we've used so many big stars in the business that are relevant right now uh, that's what Paradise Alley is all about. And that's why coming out of this pandemic and, and leading into what I want to talk about, I know we're all over the place. This is what happens when you have that's AI. That's quite on. all right. Yep. I'm still hoping because the two, and this is this is breaking news for the fans out there at Paradise Alley because this is what we're talking about. The Taco Festivals, the Connecticut Taco Festivals, the two shows are canceled. Paradise Alrighty. Alley Pro Wrestling okay. will not be doing the, 2019, the 2020 Taco Festivals. We had two big shows with big surprises and they have both been canceled leading into the fall. We are still on schedule, hopefully for December, for okay. Mania 5, our WrestleMania. Yep. Also, it has not been gotten, they haven't, the, the brass, the front office, whether it be the director of operations, Sergeant Murray, Roma, Mancini, Perez, or Big Steve, they have not gotten back to me. As of today, June, the first day of summer, we are still on for, Rumble in Paradise 3, which is September 12th. Now, I'm throwing it out here, but it's still hesitant. I don't know what's going to happen. I have not been told that it's canceled. September 12th, Rumble in Paradise 3. I'm just going to throw it out there. Where was that uh, taking place so far? Is there a that building set for it? being booked at the JCC in Woodbridge, the Jewish in Woodbridge. community center in Woodbridge. Okay. So that's still on as far as I know. I also have breaking news. Okay. I talked to Mario Mancini today and seeing that we're in phase two of the pandemic here in Connecticut. Phase three is until mid-July. I do believe, and obviously we'll follow CDC rules and obviously we'll have precautions and masks and sanitizer like we did for the for Friday the 13th and we were lucky. Yep. Now that we're opening back up and the boys have been training and the girls have been training, I believe capacity here in Connecticut can be 25 to 50 people. Okay. Uh, I believe in an outdoor venue, a hundred people right now, Paradise Alley Professional Wrestling is in the process right now of trying to throw and run and get together and organize an outdoor event within the next month to two months. During the summertime, we are trying to get an outdoor venue, perhaps at the legendary Annex Club right there okay. off of I-95 with the Q yep. bridge uh, in the background. If that's the case... Paradise Alley may be running an outdoor show within the next couple of months. Breaking news here from Mario Mancini. That's 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 great news because um, I miss me some live Paradise Alley wrestling, live wrestling in general. But I've been to almost every one of your shows in the last two years, so 
there was a one I missed in the last year, so I can't wait for that. I hope that does happen for you guys. Well, I listen, really we're, we're we're definitely hoping that that happens. You know, there's just a lot of things going on, uh, Professor. What else do you want to talk about? We can talk about anything. I don't even know how many minutes in we are. What do you want to know about chaos? One hour and seven minutes in, and we can keep going until my phone tells me I have a low battery. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, listen, I'm ready. I, I could talk about anything. We could talk about anything you want from the local scene to the big scene. We could talk about anything. You know how the guardian of chaos is. Let's get into some more Paradise Alley professional wrestling because that seems to be, uh, you know, where you are today. And that's uh, currently my favorite promotion locally. And I love I love going to the shows and I have a lot of uh, I've made some great friends going to the shows. I've made whether they be uh, fellow fans or some of the wrestlers and uh, just anybody there. You know, I've gotten to know quite a bit of people in the uh, last couple of years and guys like Sign Guy, Sign Kid. Don Kincaid, Mr. Trivia, Trivia, all those guys, yourself, you know. So let's talk a little bit more about that. Tell us more. Well, um, I'm going to tell you about the fans of Paradise Alley Pro Wrestling. And I'm going to tell you about the service that some of the journalists, reporters, super fans, dirt sheets that come to Paradise Alley. Because there's a lot of reporters, dirt sheets, super fans, local shows that come to Paradise Alley. You're included in one of them. So to have guys like the professor there and guys like Mr. Trivia and the Nugster and to guys like the remarkable Don Kincaid and Sterling great guy. And, yep, great and, guy. And his father and then yep. throw in the legendary fog man with center ring and, and yep. commissioner yep. Bruce. I mean, you even throw in the radish sisters that have been there before and the legendary yep. Leslie who dated Andre the giant back in the day. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. yeah. We have some very famous luminaries and fans that come to our shows and, and then throw in the legendary Saban family. I can't get more yep. in touch with Kevin Saban, the Saban Tooth Tiger, a giant of a man. He's he a great guy, too. Yeah. Our, no one to be trifled with. He is yeah. the security for Paradise Alley Pro Wrestling, Mr. Kevin Saban. And then let's talk about the Paradise Four. Uh, first off, I, I want to give my well wishes and my respect and my speedy recovery to the director of operations, and that would be Sergeant Murray. Uh, Sergeant Murray uh, is a little bit under the weather. Uh, he did have an incident in his hometown, but he is recovering. Uh, you know, he's a massive man. He's a tough son of a bitch. He's no one to be trifled with. And uh, our thoughts go out to a speedy recovery for director of operations, uh, Sergeant Murray. Get better, Sarge. Absolutely. And let's let's run down the Paradise Four uh, fans. And, you know, we're over an hour here on the Professor show. and We'll wrap it up quickly. And I greatly appreciate Professor. Oh, of course. The platform to have me on here. The Paradise Four and what Paradise Alley does. They opened up in 2015 originally as a training facility to be carpenters, to give back. They did it as as the boys to get together, to have something to do, to continue with the camaraderie and the brotherhood of professional wrestling, which is like none of none of it. So they did it for that. And the first student out of there was Richard Holiday, who was Roma-trained, Mancini-brained. And you see he went on to be the Paradise Alley heavyweight champion. And now he is the first star to make it out of Paradise Alley into a major organization like MLW, along with other guys who have come through passing, not necessarily trained, but worked for us. And we gave them the opportunity. And that would be MLW ring announcer Mark Adam Haggerty, who owes a lot to Paul Roma in Paradise Alley. And he has said that publicly. Mark Adam Haggerty is one of the most intelligent men 
that I have seen in the professional wrestling industry, extremely talented and his social media marketing and his seminars right. are something that will put you over the edge. So let's talk about him. He also, Richard Holiday, Mark Adam Haggerty. Let's also talk about insanely rude, RJ Rude, Zane Bernardo. <laughs> Roma trained, Mancini brained, went on to bigger things, great things, tag team champions for Northeast, traveled all over to the UK. Look at the stars coming out now, whether it be Zachariah Gibbs, Dustin Flash Waller, Kylon King, The Haven. The future is bright. Throw in the veterans of Matias Dinapoli, the giant Vlad, who was our current champion, the House of Pain, Hakim Ali and Nick Payne. Showtime Marcel Williams, who's the only three-time winner in Paradise Alley to hold the United States champion, the Intercontinental Championship, and the Heavyweight Championship, and the first ever Hercules Hernandez Memorial Tournament winner. The only other thing that Showtime has to do is win the tag team titles. And with the Tri-State Kings, that very well may, may be possible. Let's run down the rest of the roster. You look at guys like the Intercontinental Champion, Bull Dread, been around for 20 years. Look at Nutrius X, our Alley Fights champion, has come back when he was off the shelf and has been an incredible competitor. And I believe, after he took the title from Sammy Diaz at Friday Night Alley Fights, is going to hold on to that title for a long time. All Let's right. talk about the United States champion, Buzz Bloodsaw, who has virtually defeated every man on the roster and perhaps the greatest champion that Paradise Alley and any title has ever known. He has competed in everything from singles matches to six-man matches to five-way dances to gauntlet matches and has still remained the United States champion. Look at the tag team division of Waves and Curls. Look at Maxim Morozov and Zafir Al-Rahihi and Collusion. They have been a thorn in the side of Paradise Alley for years, and they are nothing but trouble. And then throw in their connection with Aladdin Ding and the Prince of Sands, Aladdin, and that son of a bitch scumbag, Abdul Haq. And then you throw in the pyramids of power. There's a lot of problems from the Middle East and from the Saudi trust over here uh, with, with collusion and the whole nine yards in the Paradise Alley roster. Let's also look at the prophecy. Perhaps the most dangerous man on the roster, Big Jim Anderson. No one to be trifled with. So if you look at the roster of Paradise Alley and all the different people, we even have a couple people on the shelf, and I hope they come back, and that would be my good friend, the flamboyant one. Let's get jiggy with it. I'm Rick James, bitch. Kenny Roberts. I can't wait for Kenny Roberts. If anybody ever got a pop out of that crowd in Paradise Alley, no one used to do it like Kenny Roberts. And let's throw in newcomers. Let's throw in the firm. The different guys from the firm, whether it be Eliza Six, Sammy Diaz, Jay Bricks, Richard Stone. I mean, these guys are nothing but a pain in the ass. Let's throw in the great Nuka Kojima, who has come in. Or currently, Smooth Blackman, who won the Anytime Any Gold Gauntlet match and still has the right to cash it in against any title within the calendar year. Now, I don't know what's going to happen. Will it still extend throughout 2020? But we haven't heard much from the House of Glory star, Smooth Blackman. So those are the different guys in the roster. Give me your makeup. Is there, is there anybody? And listen, and I, I, I failed to mention him. I mentioned him with the rookies, but I think he's still my fucking rum sprayer. And I think it's Zach Gibbs. 
I swear, Christmas, I thought I saw him at the Bunny Ranch in Vegas. Not that I was there, uh, uh, garage, uh, <laughs> Professor. Not that I was there. <laughs> the character change. The character change is definitely something different. It was not what I expected when I. Uh, when he was coming out compared to his old uh, gimmick, you know, it's definitely not what I expected. So it, it's pretty entertaining. It's pretty funny. But um, one of the guys I really like a lot is uh, that young Flash Waller. I think that kid's got quite the future in there. He's, uh, you know, I'm more into like the technical style, but that kid really takes a risk when he's going out there. And uh, there's been a couple of times I've been worried about the way he landed. You know, he's, well, he's uh, a, Dustin Flash Waller is the yeah. future. If, if you look at if you look at the young lions of yep. Paradise Alley that are Roma trained Mancini brains, I say it all the time. You look at Dustin Flash Waller, you look at Sean and Jay Haven, those guys and the risks that they take in the ring, specifically those three, and I'll throw in, although I think he's more ground, technically sound, although he's in that same category of Kylon King, you throw in those four guys. That is the future of professional right. wrestling. I dare to say that all four of those guys, Waller, The Haven, and Kylon King, definitely make it to MLW, Impact, NWA. These guys are late teens, early 20s, and look at the talent of those men and what Roma, Mancini, Perez, and Big Steve are doing down there. And then, you know, we talk about the roster. Some of the guys that I see down at the school that help train, whether it's Big Jim or the Red Lion, Chris Battle, Chris Battle, yep. veteran, and then look at guys from the tag team division, which I think is unbelievable. Jose and Jose B, Team Espana. I mean, waves and curls. Look at the different teams and the different things that are going on. And back to your point of, of the young Lions, Dustin Flash Waller could be the next big thing out of Paradise Alley. Absolutely. I think that kid's, like I said, I, I think he's got quite a future. There's also a lot of great, uh, you know, great talent there outside of the wrestlers. There's Ref Bill, El Ref, and my buddy, Matt wow. I'm, You know, I miss seeing all these guys every week. So well, funny you should yeah. say that, pr Professor. I'm going to say this, and I've said it before on many other shows. The Zebras of Justice at Paradise Alley, and that's my boy, Mikey Mambo, El Ref. Probably yep. the largest arms out of any referee in the world of professional wrestling. Senior referee, as I call him, Slick Willie, Bill Thompson. Throw in probably the most legit badass to step into the ring as a referee, and that would be Jay Mendez. He's no one to be trifled with, trust me when I tell you. And then throw in Blue Shoes, Ref Gina. The Zebras of Justice, those four, and then the occasional cue ball who has come in and substitute for us. Uh, cue ball has been there, and then Ref Aubrey has also been in there in training. Throw in our group of referees, perhaps the best in the New England, Northeast, tri-state area of the Zebras of Justice of Paradise Alley. They're well-trained, yep. well-versed, and, and they're really incredible with the fan base and what they do for Paradise Alley. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Another guy, right. Professor, that you talked about before I let you go, because he, he needs to be recognized. He learned from the tree of Mark Adam Haggerty, and he's a guy that I respect, and he's going on to work in several promotions around here, who is now the voice of Paradise Alley. And you mentioned him already, but I'd be remiss if I didn't bring his name up, because he was my former broadcast partner, and, and I really respect his work and what he's done, and that would be Matt DeCourt. He really has broken out of his shell and probably – the hottest commodity amongst the referees in the New England-based area. He really Ring is. It. 
Yeah, he's a great announcer. Uh, he's going on to work for Test of Strength and uh, WCE. Shut up and wrestle, right? And shut up and wrestle. Kevin Landry's. Yep, yep. I have yet to get up there, but they seem to be putting on some good shows. Well, All right. Kevin Landry, you know, works for the WWE. You're well aware of that. Yeah, you worked with him in uh, Northeast as well, correct? Many, I remember many, watching many, him there. Uh, organizations, many different yeah. associations with Kevin Landry. A great guy. Yep, yep, yep. All right, so what do you want to push? What do you want to plug, guy? Uh, Social media. Well, well, we're we're about to wrap it up here. I'm sure, Professor. I just want to say this to everybody out there. Uh, number one, I want to I want to thank you. I can't thank you enough. I've had I'm, a lot of fun doing this. Me too. Uh, I would love to on the rise. I look forward to your yeah. work. Thank I look you. Forward to seeing you again. A very professional, and I appreciate the platform. Number two, I want to tell everybody out there, as wrestling fans and as people, that please stay positive. We're gonna beat this thing. We're going to beat all the craziness that's going on out there. We're going to come back bigger and stronger and better. Stay positive. Stay mindful. Believe in who you are. Don't give up hope on your dreams and who you are as a person. Stay positive because stay above, rise above the hate and the negativity and be proud to be who you are. With that being said, follow Paradise Alley Pro Wrestling on ParadiseAlleyProWrestling.com. Facebook at OfficialPAPW on Twitter. Please go out and follow The Dino Show at thedinoshow.com, the infamous Dino Costa. He's on Monday through Thursday, 8 to 11 p.m. I am on every Thursday for an hour segment on Chaos Corner. You're not going to want to miss that. Follow Mario and Chaos Podcast. We're in season two. We're on YouTube, and we're on all social media platforms. You'll find nothing like it. And, of course, hit me up on Twitter, whether it be at the site, where my nephew runs it, Mario underscore chaos. Cut him some slack. He's still learning, okay? Or my personal site, and that's at Big Daddy GOC. And the GOC stands for the Guardian of Chaos. All right, Big Daddy. Thank you very much. <laughs> Ricky, baby! <laughs>